I'm going to introduce people. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be. It's an intimate affair. I like it. Like we're in my living room. Your living room has lots of echo. My, yes, it does. And no booze. What this is, is that? nothing compared to the bedroom. <laughs> There's a real echo from there. It's a lonely place. Hey, welcome to the Loftus party. You are the chosen ones. Thank you for coming out. I always forget. Oh, that's very kind of you. I always forget that it's a it's a public uh, a forum and people can just walk in. So thank you so much. I appreciate you coming by. I'm normally doing this uh, in an apartment uh, in New York or or a place in Los Angeles. So this is fantastic. It's a whole different format. Yeah. It is. <laughs> that applause is for me, not for something wonderful happening in another room. Okay, so I want to uh, introduce our guests. It's a it's a different. First of all, I want to welcome back Andrew Apple. Andrew. Uh, yes, has been a, a, a part of the Loftus party from Jump Street. It's fantastic. Sitting next to Andrew, we have uh, Alicia Kraus. Alicia, you are on uh, The Answer, yes? Not anymore. Really? That's, that's a whole different story. Oh, we got to get into that. I legally do not know if I can, okay. <laughs> This is great! It's gonna be an awesome show. <laughs> and, you're, and you're very, you could have the baby at any moment. Any moment, so if anybody wants to Take bets. I'm 39 <laughs> weeks and three days. Woo. Okay. Yeah. To me, that means very pregnant. Yes. Women are always great with that. My wife could always tell how many days, how many weeks our, our kid was. I always thought it was super weird when people were pregnant and then they have babies and they're like, oh, it's eight weeks old. And I'm like, two months. But then once you have a kid. Yep. You start counting it, different. Like, you know it different because the milestones and all that I'm stuff. still counting months. I'm like, yeah. it's 28 months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to overcome. I know. So also, and this is the first time, this is the first uh, New York Times bestselling author we've ever had on the show. Oh, my goodness. Amy Parnes is with us. And, and, and the name of the book? Uh, Shattered. Shattered. Inside. I've heard a little bit about that. Just a yeah. little. A little. <laughs> Okay, so uh, seeing how it is uh, Politicon and, and politics, are, we, we're going to get to the baby, we're going to get to Game of Thrones, we're going to get to all <laughs> kinds of stuff, but we have to start with Shattered. Now, I, I didn't realize this, and we were talking a little bit before we got started, you were actually uh, writing that before the election was over. Yeah, we had to, because our deadline was two months later. So my co-author and I had to write it along the way, uh, which was hard because I was actually covering the campaign too and then writing the book as well. So, so was that the point of view? Like, this is a campaign that's doomed? Like from Jump Street? Or did you just like wait for it to happen and What's then funny adjust is, some, go back and do search and replace? No, we thought she was gonna win. Really? Um, but we were writing, our writing was telling us something completely different. Um, and our editor actually caught it a month out. He uh, called us and was like, I'm reading all your copy. You're talking about this doomed campaign. Um, you're going to have a problem here. We were wow. like, oh, what's the problem? We'll figure it out. Okay, uh, so you, you, were, you were writing it under the assumption she was going to win. You're right. just documenting the campaign. Right. Now, looking back, as, uh, as I hear hindsight is 2020, what, what, was the first, what was the first, like, stumble? Right out of the gate. Um, she had a messaging problem in her first speech on Roosevelt Island where she wasn't connecting the Demo to Democrats. She wouldn't tell them or she wasn't telling them what she was for. Um, it was yes. your typical Democratic stump speech. Now, what do you think of the new Democratic slogan, better jobs, better skills, better pizza? It's not fantastic. 
I was talking to, who were we talking to yesterday, Andrew? That dude, uh, Congressman from Sherman Oaks. Uh, we were talking to uh, Brad Sherman. Brad Sherman. Brad Sherman. Yeah. They're all in. They're like, yeah, that's the slogan. I'm like, are you guys going to adjust that? Better wages, better skills, better jobs, better pizza? I mean, it does. It sounds exactly like the Papa John slogan. They and he's like, oh, we're doing it. Okay. We're doing it. Yeah. Well, they need to be all in because they don't really have much to go on right now. So They don't. <laughs> no. They don't? Neither party does. Uh, well, here's, the, here's, here's where I come from, it. The, the, my politics of it. Like, I just want less government. I want more personal freedom, right? And, and how does that, look at that, a round of, this is awesome. This is the best idea, a public forum. People can clap, it's fantastic. No, I just like, government has, uh, at some point, they have like, it's a well-intentioned policy, and then it becomes this bloated, giant, out-of-control animal that you can't even remember why it was around in the first place, and it's doing something you never even intended it to do, uh, and it's just a money pit. Right. I'm all about uh, uh, personal liberties. I'm about freedom, and I'm like, it seems like the left is giving us uh, less and less of that, and it's like better wages, like uh, whatever. So I think, I think the right can survive uh, any kind of, well, a lot of... But can we survive Trump? Are you that person? I'm that person, dude. Oh my gosh! No, I'm serious. Of course we can. But I really think that candidates, because it's specifically, and I hear this from friends on the right and the left all the time, like, well, if that's not what the Republican Party stands for, then how come he was the nominee? And I think that that's something that the Republican Party is going to have to answer specifically for the millennial generation for the next 20 years. Wow. You have very little faith in your fellow American. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I, I really do. I think America. Well, I learned that on the Doctor Who panel yesterday. People aren't smart enough to pick their own health care, apparently. So they I was need the government out. to do it for them. I was bummed out to find out the Doctor Who panel uh, was about not about show? Doctor Who, <laughs> which I have also I'm not like, watched. That's false advertising, you guys. That's bullshit. Because like, ooh, the new Doctor Who's a girl, and people are upset about it. So um, I, I want to get back to Shattered, and then we'll get back to Candy. I want to hear all Trump. about Shattered because I think it's a fascinating book, and it's, what? it is. I have to yeah. read it. I'm, I'm actually holding off on it. I'm actually, right now I'm having an affair on my uh, Barnes & Noble nook. Uh -huh. I'm cheating on it with a, uh, yeah, they just realized they're in the wrong place. Uh, <laughs> you're lovely people. Thank you so much. You held out through the intro, and you're like, this isn't Touré. This is not the uh, <laughs> MSNBC panel. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my fault, sorry. You question Trump. I That's get that happened. A lot. Boom, they make a decision. Have a great afternoon. <laughs> um, so I don't as soon as I finish my new book on my Kindle, which if you're thinking about getting a Nook or a Kindle, I'll tell you right now, get the Kindle. <laughs> so much better. My Nook is just like it's like reading off of a brick. So it's you're junk. saying that it you is can't junk. get yeah. shattered on your Kindle? I gotta finish this book and then I'm gonna oh, read okay. uh, Shattered. Let me know what you think. I, do, I, I, I Listen, I write for television. Uh, it's like real short form situation comedy stuff, and I've written sketch, and uh, I am just in awe. I, I literally am of anyone who writes a giant, like, chronicle of these events happened, and here's how it all works, and there's multiple chapters, and then New York Times bestseller. That's, that is the, that's the Mount Olympus of it's writing. As hell. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't recommend it to anyone. I really don't. <laughs> It ruins your life for a good amount of time. But then you get this. You get this. Now, uh, without, without huge spoilers, I mean, I know the end. I know she loses. 
That part. Ooh, I should have warned you guys. Um, what, was, what was the fatal flaw? What was the one? That, was it just denial? It seems like the entire campaign was just in denial of reality. There were so many flaws is the thing. And they like to, or she likes to point out Russia and Comey. That was what ultimately doomed her. But uh, the point of our book is she lacked a message. She didn't connect to her own party. She, um, they relied on data analytics instead of actually getting in there and talking to people and really talking to them. Yes. Um, all of these things. Bernie played a factor. The fact that they couldn't really bring home his supporters at the end of the day. The fact that they didn't speak to millennials, millennials of color, um, women. So I think yeah. one of the most underreported stories of the entire campaign was the fact that millennial women didn't like her and didn't support her ultimately. I'm sure they have data to back that up, but why? That, that's what is so fascinating to me. I did a couple of stories on it during the campaign, and they were basically like, I just don't like her enough. Like, I don't connect with her. I feel like another woman will one day be president, and so this isn't my woman. And one day, hopefully, someone else will be. As a dude, that's how I felt. Like, I have zero problems with uh, a woman president. And I don't, I, I don't see why anybody would, but I'm like, not her. Right. <laughs> Just, and there's the other thing. I think there's also a weird thing about dynasties. I think America, mm -hmm. it, we're weird. We love sports dynasties yeah. for a while, but then we watch that we love to see them crumble so we can build them back up again. We do the same thing with people. They agree with me. <laughs> uh, we do the same thing with, with celebrities. We love to raise them up, watch them crumble, build them back. Like, I think America didn't want another Bush uh, in the White House. Uh, America didn't want another Clinton in the White House. Yeah. I think America got wise to we're being played. We're just being played by the government. And it was the, the year of the outsider. And you look at what happened overseas in, you know, with Brexit and in France later. And people wanted, there was a craving for an outsider and not just the same old, same old. Well, an outsider, but, but like the message, I mean, it just was, in my, this is just my opinion, just as a dude who voted. Uh, a, a lot of this does seem just like common sense. Like, people are running around the planet uh, trying to blow us up and kill us. Uh, I think maybe we should have border security. Really? <laughs> okay, duh. <laughs> like, let's do that. Right, yeah. So, uh, that kind of message. Yeah. Uh, so, there was a part in the book about a, the, the slogan. What was the slogan that they were uh, playing around with? Oh, there were so with? many of them. I mean, they ended let's, up Let's with, hear some crappy slogans. Yeah, I mean, they ended up with Stronger Together, uh, which was... Which is also the Lego slogan. <laughs> Stronger together. <laughs> you know, but they had, Thank you so much for laughing at that. That was very kind. They had breaking barriers and love Trump's hate and Love Trump hate. That that one's sticking. That around. actually came from the campaign? Yeah. From within the campaign. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was like an outside kind of What's another oh. one? Oh, there were so many. They were they were not very good. Very memorable. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so what are you working on now? As you uh, as you can see the future. Um, Did you, well, hold on. Did you freak out when, when she didn't win? I'm a reporter. We don't, we don't take sides. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, no, that's, that, that's also the problem. I'm old school in that way. Though. I love that about you. Yeah. If you honestly do your very best not to take sides, I love that about you. Vote. You should be in charge. You don't vote? No. Because wow. my, my reporting is my public service. I like this. I like what I'm hearing out of the fourth estate over here. Unlike most of her colleagues that donate to the Democratic That's Party. That's the thing, though, but I studied real journalism, which really doesn't, I mean, it exists right now. I think a lot of people are doing it, but I think everyone now sees their various sides and expects people to take sides, and journalism yeah. wasn't supposed to be that. It's not. 
It's not, and that's the other thing. I mean, that's the other great thing about our, our system of government and capitalism and blah, blah, blah. There's these giant course corrections, and I think that's what we're going through right now. But like with, uh, everybody's like, is this the end of media? Is this the end of reporting? No, I just think we have to stop celebrating the crappy reporters. <laughs> like the people who are just like, and then I feel really bad for the people who read nothing but the New York Times and watch nothing but MSNBC, and, and they just must be terrified every night. Like, these are the end of times. How will we survive? It's horrible. It's horrible. It's just an echo chamber. We're just, they're talking to their own people. Yeah. Um, we're not talking to each other. I think that's part of the But problem. we're doing that right now on the Loftus Party podcast brought to you by Truth, Justice, and Superman Outfits. So what are you working on now? I know you're writing another book. You can't stop. You're we an addict. just signed a deal to do a 2020 book on the 2020 election. Okay. Tell me a little bit what's going to happen in 2020. That I cannot tell you because <laughs> what 2016 did tell me is that no one can predict anything anymore. Yes. Um, and so I've stopped predicting officially. Um, but I can tell you that um, about, I think they're expecting 20 people or so, even more, to be on, on the Democratic side. Yeah. You, any, any front runners? Anybody jumping out at you that think, you think Biden is going to go for Biden it? Biden is totally running, I think. Um, Ooh. Oh, yeah. Can we quote you on that? I'll quote her on, i tell you, Biden, they, I, th I think if it would have been Biden-Trump, watch out now. That really? would have been, oh, that would have been a barn It's going to be like a showdown between the blue-collar voters. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, because I think that there's, in the Rust Belt, based on the data that I've looked at, and you were, were more entrenched than I was, you know, the people, some of the Democrats that went over, from the Bernie bros that went over and voted for Trump because they felt like he kind of got them. Right. Like those union auto industry, yeah. coal mining type people. Right. And Joe Biden has, I mean, I respect him as a human being. I disagree with him on probably 95% of our politics, but even I was like, oh, he seems like such a nice guy. He seems genuine. Like he's yeah. like a grandpa. And, I and he's think, been through so much in his story and his like. And I think America has a great respect for like somebody who's not reading off of cue cards. Yeah, and like his kind of, even his oops moments were never, they seemed genuine. They weren't like, Hillary's super calculated moment that goes wrong. It's like a genuine oops moment, you right. know? And, yeah. and I think that he versus Trump, I think Biden would have beat Trump if he was the nominee in 2016. And I, However, so I think, and I know, I know Joe called out, uh, Trump like for a fist fight. I'll yeah. take you out back. I tell you, Trump wins that fight. Really? Yeah. You yeah. Think he'd want I, don't think, the hair? I don't think Joe has the heart of a champ anymore. Really? I don't think Joe, no. I think he I think, can get scrappy. I think Trump is going to fight dirty. He's going he's gonna to go, look over there, and then kick him in the nuts. Of course he would, but I think Joe would, you know, come back with a nice, like, right hook or something. Yeah, that was always, the, 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 one of the things in the election that really, like, I'm like, who can vote for Hillary? L literally, she would be asked a question, you could, you could literally watch the robots working. Like, her just, like, going through her Rolodex of, well, what was I told to say? There was like no genuineness there Which at all. Even on tweets, like there were 20 people deciding what she would tweet or what they would tweet. I mean, yeah. they weren't nimble and they were against a guy who would just call a network and be like, hey, this is how I feel. Yes. Um, and that hurt them. And that was so awesome. That's, here's the, here's what, okay, here's one of the things I love about Donald Trump. Uh-huh. Is that when, when, when they call him out and they're like, ha-ha, you've doubled backed and you've doubled negative yourself and now you said something and he's like, you know what, I changed my mind. Right. And he just goes, boom, uh, right at it. I read something last night, I saw so something. So no I was principle. Doing a, you like that he has no principle. He has That's principles. Awesome. But he's, an, he's a, here's, a, here's the thing. I moved to New York 
a year ago. Uh -huh. And when I live among these people and I'm discovering this about them, they're all like this. This is why uh, well, Anthony's yeah, like Scaramucci, they have the same hand gestures. <laughs> it's the same, like you should see, I go into, a, a, there, there's a Target by my house in New York. I go in there every Saturday and it's like the, the most epic fights ever. Try it on, Linda, you, uh, you need a sweater. I'm not gonna do it. It's, like, it just, it's just, everything's bigger and more angry and then they'll say something like, ah, I was just kidding, I didn't mean that, here, take the bagel. It's like, that's, that's who's running our country now. He's like, and it's fantastic, I love it. I, 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 I love it, I love it, I love it. And I hope everybody uh, in their giant ivory towers is just scared as hell. But the giant ivory tower is now in the White House. Like, Anthony Scarmucci is a Wall Street guy that yeah, fundraised for Barack Obama. Yeah, but he's just Barack a dude Obama. who goes, he's just a guy that goes out and fields questions from the reporters. It's really <laughs> and like- And trash talks some of his uh, colleagues. Right, too. and that's awesome too. I mean, it's, I've trash talked some colleagues, but never to a reporter. It's like, <laughs> you had one job. Here's the wonderful thing. Like, I want less government. I, I do not like big government, uh -huh. and it was said by, uh, there's a co-host of the show, I, I, I affectionately call her the Liberty Gypsy because she's moved everywhere, it's like she lives in a camp, whatever. If, if you're that afraid of Donald Trump, then you think that the federal government has too much power. And so that's- that So you're on, you're automatically on my side. You're like a libertarian. All these people are running around. Oh, Trump's gonna do this, he's gonna do that. Well, no, we have, we have checks and balances. We have a wonderful, you know, But I also uh, think that that's government. a lack of education in the country, because I think that a lot of people do not understand the, the process of government and how, and then they're like, oh my God, Congress is obstructing. And it's like, that's their job. Yes. And then it's like, everybody expects everything to go to SCOTUS and like have these nine people in robes make the ultimate decision that will affect their life forever. And I'm like, but there's three branches. Yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe it's the homeschool geek in me that actually, you know, knows the different articles of the Constitution and which it's one wonderful. established which branch of government. But it's, I really wonder, I look around, I'm a millennial, but I say I'm like a, a grandma millennial because I'm 31, and I look around and I'm like, I will ask conservatives and liberals, what, what did you learn in your government class? Like, what do you know about the three different branches of government? What do you know about the committee process or all this stuff? And so I think on the left and the right, you have people that do not understand and they think that the presidency is the end-all, be-all. Yes, and like, I also he's, think like part he's of Julius it is our, Caesar or something. Yeah, and I also think part of that is, and it's interesting because it's entertaining. I mean, I feel like the Trumps are the Kardashians of politics now, especially to friends that oh, live in the rest. I, I love that imagery. I never <laughs> thought of that, but that's one of the most brilliant things. It, it really is. I mean, when you read the Daily Mail in London or I read like Israeli papers or Scandinavian pa like uh, websites or, Australia, wherever. I, like I, I go to Scandinavian websites I'm all weird. the time. I like to see <laughs> what that's, other that's people in other When I'm on the saying. internet, I'm all about the Scandinavian and, website. And I love, and I, and it is, it's like their, it's like, what did Ivanka wear today when she and Jared parted ways to go to their separate meetings? And like, that's how the world views the Trump family. Well, but, that, and, and that's, all that to say, so I think that part of the reason why the presidency and it ties into like what you do in entertainment has become this end all be all to people on both sides of the aisle is because of entertainment culture, uh, you know, like go in movies and television shows and that kind of thing where it's like, whether it's House of Cards or Independence Day, it's like, oh, there's the president and there's this kind of lofty entertainment like light on that. I think I think everybody everything is is seeing things through their own uh, prism. Yeah. Uh, on, and, and I've never seen reporters 
go so after like just the little minutia of White House politics, and this guy said that, and he looked at him, and she didn't wear that. It's like, uh, really? Like, I, I do not care. I do not care. And the then is, when, when other people, like, the, the rest of the world's laughing at us. Okay, whatever. But they Have said a good that one. with George W. We're Bush, two, too. We're, 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 we're two for two in, in world wars. They, Twice we've saved the planet. Our flag's on the moon. Have a good laugh. I would just Enjoy your iPhone. I would encourage small government-minded people that... They said the same thing, and I don't think that George W. Bush was a small government-minded conservative, but I have a lot of respect for him. Um, you know, they, the things that they said about Donald Trump, like he is Hitler, he's the worst for women, he's the worst for immigrants, like he's mm. going to hit the red button and cause nuclear war, they are things that were said about George W. Bush. I moved to New York City in 2008, the week of the RNC, when like a quarter of a million people were marching down 34th Street protesting I, you know, the war in Iraq. Like, I remember the T-shirts and the banners and the American flags being burned. So I think maybe that's another thing. Like, millennials potentially don't have this perspective of this happens in politics. Like, they call everybody Hitler. And if you're going to call yes. everybody Hitler, it kind of loses its... You know, if Hitler everybody's Hitler, really, can anyone be Hitler? It's, it's like, let's call real Hitlers Hitlers. Like, Kim Jong-un, Hitler style. Hitler. Like, yeah, let's... Uh, Putin, not a fan. Up there. But Donald Trump, no. Not Hitler. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that you that you uh, you don't take sides. I'm, I celebrate uh, real journalism. Thanks. I find it's... Yes. I do, too. It's fantastic. <laughs> what... If you... If you had one story that you've seen recently that you could call out and you're like, ooh, that's just a, an opinion hit piece. Who would it be? I don't want to get you in trouble with anybody. You probably go to like a big secret journalist meetings where you guys pick the next president and it's all <laughs> Illuminati. No, I, mean, I will say that I, I know that you just kind of hit the, the daily, you know, he said, she said. Yeah. But I think in this case, it's kind of necessary to kind of paint a picture about what's happening inside because it speaks to the larger picture about what we're going through um, and that they need to kind of get it together inside the West Wing um, to actually get policy, um, you know, and work with Democrats and work across the aisle um, to get anything done. They need to kind of sort themselves out, I think. And I, so I think that kind of, that reporting is necessary. Okay, so if you had to pick, if you had to pick, what's the next big piece of policy that, that this White House should go after? Well, they're going to go after tax reform, I think. I think they have to. Yeah. I mean, it's the one thing that they really have to. Healthcare was a disaster. Um, I don't think a lot of people inside the White House knew what was happening and how um, hard it is to actually pass a bill. Here's the here's the book to write, <laughs> and this is what this is this is the one that I that I want to read. Okay. The, the healthcare thing was such a debacle, and I tell you, uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, which I'm I've never sadly, seen an episode. I'm sorry. Uh, you Game of Thrones? Yes. Okay. Little Arya Stark. Every night she would go to bed and she would say the names of the people that she was going to get. Right. That's how I feel about healthcare. Yeah. You had you had Republicans just running and running and running and big these these guys like big government isn't the solution. Uh, big government's not the solution to healthcare. You get me in there and I will repeal uh, Obamacare. That's what I'll do. I'm like okay, there you go. Have have there there's uh, there's the House. And they're like, well, we don't have enough. But if you get us in the Senate, you give us the Senate, and we will get rid of it because we believe in the free market and we believe in capitalism. So, okay, there's the Senate. And they're like, okay, we're close. 
If you could give us the White House, then we'll really, we'll get rid of this thing and the free market and capitalism, and it's wonderful. And we're like, okay, there's the White House, go. And they're like, you know what? And Trump said it was mean. Uh-huh. The House bill was too mean. Oh, of course. That's what he said. So yeah, he yeah but that's, that's just like him being New York. It seemed mean. We're going to make it nice. We're going to make it nice. That's like that pastrami, they cut it. No, that's that, that pastrami's no good. We're going to cut it thin and make it nice. That doesn't mean the pastrami's no good. We're going to repeal Obamacare, but then we're going to pay for everybody. Everybody. So I want insurance. to, I'm seriously thinking about doing this. Like, uh, it was the, from Alaska? Who were the, who were the three people? You got Johnny Collins. McCain. Yeah. Susan, there you go. Collins and Murkowski. John McCain, Collins and Murkowski. Who, who told us? John McCain. Colin Timonikowski, when I go to bed, that's what I'm going to say. Like, Ari- like Aria Stark, Tom, and we go, John McCain, Kerazin Mikowski, John McCain, and, and I'm going to get a big, you don't know what I'm talking about, I so I'm no going to stop idea. looking at you because I look like a crazy person yeah. in your eyes. Well, However, Game of Thrones over here, you're into it. It makes sense. I want them to never be in public office again because you are a liar, and I don't support liars. It really, it infuriated me. Except, Absolutely. wait a second. No. Original in 2015, and and McCain did, no? Yeah. Okay. And Murkowski, she has very little reason to yeah. have a lot of allegiance to the Republican Party. I mean, she had to fund her own write-in campaign. Yeah. After the RNC was like, nope, we're we're putting we're someone more conservative against, against you. Yeah. And and she's. She's kind of like the R in the very middle to the left. I mean, I don't think that any Republican voters even... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're, we're, gonna, we're about to lose our own little Arya Stark here. Amy Parnes has to go. Thank you Thank so, you much, so for much for joining us. Thank you. Shattered, go get a copy. Let me know what you think of it. I'm really curious. I, I definitely, I want to read it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ring you up okay. and tell you what I'm I thought. I'm in New York, so we can talk. Yes. Are you in the city or out? I'm out in Long Island with the working people. Oh, well, you know, I'll come out there. (laughs) See you guys. Fantastic. Thanks, Amy. I had a blast. That's great. That's a new personal best for the show. I'm going to call her in 2020 and be like, what's happening? That's absolutely right. I want to get the the list. But yes, so I'm intensely unsatisfied. I'm I'm very upset with Collins McCain Markowski. (laughs) Collins McCain Markowski. But they FYI, had the I chance thought you were crazy whiffed. before you did that weird voice. So there's a character in Game of Thrones, and okay. uh, her she's the victim of a horrible crime. So okay. she every night before she goes to bed, she lists the names of the people who are responsible for this crime. Okay. And this season, she's having some revenge. Oh it's sweet, awesome! But we just want to make it clear that you don't want these senators. No, to die. no, yes, they. Oh my lord, I thought that went without saying. <laughs> but you don't. Well, want thanks. Now, ever... now, now, you put that thought in people's mind. <laughs> Was he actually calling for someone? No. I'm just helping you. It's a work of fiction. Thank you so much. I'm just helping you, you know. Okay. Just put it out there. So, I think it's going swimmingly well. What? This whole, this whole podcast. Oh, of course. It's always fun. So this now. the third year in a row. I know. It's crazy. You never have me on unless we're at Politicon. But, you know. My schedule is pretty crazy. Uh-huh. My schedule, I'm working, on the, I'm working on this sitcom for CBS. So I do that, uh-huh. and I fly back here and I do shows. Yep. Uh, the flip side, yep. which is in syndication. Watch uh, the flip side. It's on YouTube America, and it's on independent stations all over this great country of ours. And it's always like a last second, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It's a scramble. I apologize. No, it's okay. And I you don't have you. time to be on the show. You've got a baby and, a, and another baby on the way. Yeah, it'll be busy. 
Lots of fun. It is. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. I've got two boys. It's the best. It's terrifying. Well, especially Absolutely when you make mid terrifying. middle of the night ER trips. I'm sorry? Middle of the night emergency trips. Oh, went to the emergency room last night. That's always fun. But everyone's fine. Everybody's fine. I feel like a bad I mother. Got I got two boys. They're playing around with dumbbells because mom's going to start working out, right? So uh, while I'm not looking, uh, this is a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. Uh, the the 16 year old is like I can hold them both up over my head, and then the 14 year old I can hold them both, and I can. Then it was a, I guess it was a gamble uh -huh. for who could hold them up the longest, and then uh, uh, somehow one of them slips slips out of a hand, pops uh, a guy right there. You know when, where a boxer really bleeds right there on the eyebrow, and I'm not good around uh, blood stuff like that. So 14 year old comes to me, blood. I can say this now because he's okay. It's a lot of blood. Yo, it's a and head I'm like, it's going to be okay, buddy. And I put my shirt on there. We go to the emergency room. It's horrible. The doctor comes in to do the stitches, and I'm like, I want to be here for you, but I'm about to pass out. <laughs> and then there, I'll be getting stitches. Was your husband in the, in the operate, operating room, the delivery room for your baby? We do home births. You do home births? Yeah, I'm kind of do a you, hippie when it comes to childbirth, so we do home births. Do you get the epidural? No. Good Lord. So you're like, just like a prairie woman? A prairie woman. chewing on a piece you of leather? You know the pioneer woman is from a neighboring town where I'm from in Oklahoma, but she's a chef. I don't know. I'm not kidding you. Martha, you but... do no epidural. You no. just. So I am, I am the, well, actually, no offense. I used to tell people when I was pregnant the first time, my mom is the biggest wimp I know, and if she can do it three times, so can I. My mom's here in the audience today. Oh, fantastic. And, then, and so then it was like, I'm the biggest wimp I know, like physical, like pain, yes. like labor, or I'm it not athletic. It looks like it hurts. I'm not, like, I don't work out, I don't diet, I have no commitment to that crap, but I was like, childbirth, you know, I want to be in it, I want to be a part of it. I believe that like a woman's body, like you're obviously made to do it because dudes can't. And um, I don't know if that's like rude to people, but anyway. no, that's not very and, rude. Uh, I think that's just. And uh, a fact. I was like, I can, you know, I can do this. And I ended up having, I mean, it's not easy. It's work, but my firstborn was six hours. It was very fast. Wow. So by the time we realized, like, oh, the baby's like coming, even if we had planned on having a hospital birth, we probably wouldn't have made it to the hospital. So, and my husband That's, was very I can't yeah. tell you how horrified I am. Why? I can't imagine going through like five minutes of like, I've taken poops that have hurt. <laughs> Where I can get like an like unexpected, like, pushing, ow, what was that? out a baby like, is like a big poop. It's like, oh, no, it that's really, horrible. People really are leaving is. the building now. <laughs> But, Thank you so much, it's like, home birth lady. Except you, you know, get this awesome human being that you get to... Yeah. Do you do it in the tub? Are you one I of those? I did the tub, yes. Do you have like a thing of flowers in your hair? Flowers Is everywhere. Is going? <laughs> That's great. So, so but, but babies are healthy. Everything's totally wonderful. Fine. And yeah. you're right there. Is it in your own bed? Huh? Where, you have the baby in the tub? Where is this happening? No, it's not. I'm so, really grossed out by so this. It's not your like home bathtub. It's a special birthing tub that is not like a kiddie pool that you get at Target because I've also been asked that before. It's a, uh, it's a special like birthing tub that you get from the midwife and it's pretty, pretty legit. It's at least like, what, like 18, 24 inches deep okay. like, across. So you can sit on the edge or like you know, lean over and relax. Oh. The temperature of the tub has to be exactly at 98.6 degrees. They're very picky about that. Okay. Yeah, we're losing the audience here. Well, because it's, it's I, I tell you, I can't, One of I the can't imagine. 
What kind of, and then, ooh, this is gross. I'm really sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen, but there's a lot of weird stuff that happens when a person has a baby. So there's a Politicon volunteer that was my uh, like handler last year, and he does this once a year, but he's a police officer. And so he's like, you know, I could catch the baby if something happens today, because I have done this on the side of the five before, but he was like, it's the after baby part that, oh, that I can't oh. handle. Yeah, I'm not good. We're changing the subject. <laughs> No, seriously, my hands I are actually, tingly, so I'm getting I do, pale. A, I do a non-political podcast even with a whole bunch of my girlfriends that work in politics, like Mary Catherine Ham, you know, of course. What's the name of that now. podcast? It's Lady Brains. Lady Brains? <laughs> Over on Ricochet. And uh, we did a whole home birth episode. So if you really are interested in that. I'm not. I want to stay far, far away from you it. You should listen to, we're going to do an, like, an You think you just advertised for your podcast. No, but I that was, was just, like That was like, was don't listen to this. <laughs> telling people. We are going to do a couple of episodes because there's six of us and we rotate like three a week. Uh, I'm really been pushing to do the hot old guy list. You're, you're really good at pushing. <laughs> Hey! Hey! What the what? Uh, hot old guy list. So that's. I'll, that's I will listen. I will listen to a couple episodes of Lady Brain. I will give. I'm not going to listen to the home birth. I'm not going to do it. I tell people. I do a joke on stage. Uh -huh. Like I was there for the birth of my kids, and like uh, Lamaze. Who? Who? He? Yeah. He? That doesn't do anything. That doesn't do anything. For you. Get the epidural. It looks like it hurts. Get Jim. the shot in your spine. You're not going to hurt. And then I say, if somebody comes up to you and they're like, you should try Lamaze. Hoo-hoo. You should punch them right in the face as hard oh, as you I'm can. And they're like, ow, that hurts. Then you're like, breathe, bitch. Breathe. <laughs> Let's see how your little pain management theory works out. Jim Gaffigan does a great thing because his wife has had a home birth and they live in that tiny New York City apartment. And he says, yeah, at one point it got so intense, I almost woke up. Because yeah. it's like all her and he's I, I, Yeah, <laughs> they asked if I wanted to cut the cord. Are you crazy? I'm lucky I'm awake. Okay, so that scares me. You weren't ready for a transition? They yeah. don't teach this shit in radio school. So hold on, <laughs> buckle up there, preggers. Okay. So as much as home birth scares me, uh -huh. I understand you're scared by Donald Trump. No. <laughs> I'm not afraid of Donald Trump. I just. So what's your deal? Did you vote for him? No, no, you I did not. Trump. Who'd you vote for? I wrote in Evan McMullen and Mindy Finn. You went Evan McMuffin? I know. And now I'm like, dude, I had to unfollow him on Twitter. I'm like, Do you follow you, him on Twitter? I had to unfollow him. He like went cray cray. If, you, if you're on Twitter, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, Loft, I follow the Loft, you the on Twitter. The Loftus Party uh -huh. uh, at Twitter. You go to Evan uh, McMullen. Yeah. I call him Evan McMuffin. I think uh -huh. a lot of people do. Uh -huh. He looks just like Tony Randall from The Odd Couple <laughs> in the 1970s sitcom. It's crazy. Like he, if he was, if he was ever president, he would. They'd have to change the theme. Like he'd walk in. I'm surprised And that's like the sitcom. Get, like his vice president's all messy and he's all clean. I, Mindy is a friend, and I, and honestly, part of the reason is because Mindy is a friend. I was like, okay, I'm fine with this. Like I don't think she would have hitched her wagon, so to speak, to a cray cray person. But post the election, so I was what, like, I just so had to unfollow him. So what would you have him. done? What would you have done? Because mm -hmm. you know Evan McMuffin wasn't going to win. Mm -hmm. So then Hillary Clinton wins. What do you do? I, the same thing. I, I mean, keep doing what I'm doing. Keep criticizing her and talking about the policies that I disagree but then, with. But and, then she gets a Supreme Court justice. Okay. That doesn't concern you? I was not. If Had I known... I don't know. There's still a lot of things specifically morally and principally, like principle-wise of why 
I, that went into my decision to n not vote for Donald Trump. I was one of the 16 women in media that urged him to fire Corey Lewandowski after the Michelle Fields incident. Okay. Uh, I'm very, not. I don't want to use the word afraid, but I'm displeased with how Lewandowski seems to be back in the good graces of the Trump administration. Um, you know, he and Scaramucci are having drinks and he's now out there on the Sunday shows today even talking about as if he's a new spokesperson for the White House. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just think that the same character issues I had with Hillary Clinton and the people that she surrounded herself with, they're on the other side of the aisle. I have a lot of character issues with the people that Trump surrounds himself Dang with. Dang it. So, but had I known the Gorsuch decision, love. Scott Pruitt, fellow Okie, love. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Jeff Sessions, and he better not screw this up. Donald, well, do not get rid of Jeff, Jeff Sessions. Like, love that decision. But I, based on his history, I just went off of the evidence that I had in front of me. And with the evidence that I had in front of me, I did not believe anything coming out of his mouth. I was looking at where he spent his money, where he spent his time, where his priorities lie, and there was no voting record, unlike with other candidates. Here's, here's where I was. And so I did not trust that once he got in, he was really going to give me a Gorsuch. Well, I tell you, I, I think with, with this is just my, mm -hmm. this is not very entertaining at all, but just the way I made my decision, like with Hillary, I felt like it's going to get worse. Like if Hillary is the president, it's, I know for a That's fact a it's going Prager to get worse. Argument. And then like, with Donald you, Trump, like, huh, there's a very good chance it won't get worse. So that's the Dennis Prager argument. Is that what who's, De who's, Dennis follows me a lot. Yeah. He's I'm like, what sure, Lof like, where does Loftus stand yeah, on this? I'm pretty I might sure want to talk about this. That, that the brilliant Dennis Prager was like, what I does love how, Michael like, think That was the biggest laugh of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest thing I said. But that was his argument. And he and I had, I mean, I used to work at Prager U, and he and I used to have, like, this discussion all the time of, like, his mind was Hillary Clinton takes it from the 10-yard line to a touchdown for the opposing team. Donald Trump, maybe he stays. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. which, which for me, as a principled conservative, or I'd like to think I'm a principled constitutional conservative, it's like, that just makes us like the other guy then. Like, that is legitimately choosing the lesser of two evils. And turns out, so, in the United States of America, unlike my friends that live in Brazil, that are literally forced to vote by the government or pay a fine, then I'm like, I don't have a gun to my head. I don't have to vote. I vote down the line because I understand how the branches of government work, and mm -hmm. I understand that things start in your own backyard and that those elections are important, and I wasn't going to be forced to vote for somebody that I just had so many qualms about. That's, it's, it's fantastic. I'm just interested in, in how people, oh, like, God, there I is, like, it. whatever. But, like, as a, as, a, as a principled uh, conservative, yeah. like, what are your thoughts on the recent health care debacle? Like, is it, is it free awful. markets are the answer, or is it government is the answer? Oh, no, I definitely think free markets are the answer. And so you I, must be incensed. I'm, and yeah, and I definitely, there's, I think that there's more people than just, you know, Murkowski, Collins, and McCain to blame. Um, Who are their names? I'll say their names at night before I go to bed. No, I, I do think part of it is, like, because the people within the Trump White House don't understand how the legislative process works, and, and for someone that was so good, I will get, yeah, obviously he gets credit for this, at calling up and, like, yelling at Chris Cuomo in the morning and then calling up and being on Fox and Friends, who is more friendly and stuff, he understands the power of media and messaging. You think that they would have gotten their you-know-what together and had their messaging together to make this work. But when you have a decent bill that comes out of the House that came a lot from the Tom Price plan, 
who I'm also a fan of. Yeah. You know, and Speaker Ryan takes that plan and kind of does his best to make sure that it wasn't Trump light or Obamacare light. And, right. And then you have the president two weeks later saying, well, that was unfair. So then you have the Senate doing an even more watered down version of that. And even that more watered down version doesn't pass. It's awful. And so I, it is fascinating to me, though, how continually he is able to escape the whole it's every he, like he is able to make it somebody else's fault oh yeah <laughs> every single time oh yeah and it's and i'm like wow it's just like talk about brush your shoulders off like <laughs> it's like oil and water like it just doesn't <laughs> stick to him and it's fascinating to me it is fascinating i'm i'm having a blast i feel bad for my friends who are terrified i I'm have a lot terrified. i have a lot of friends no seriously like after trump was elected like people people i knew because well, you live in legit. new york and la yes so there's that <gasps> like yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be anxious to see what happens next. I'm kicking myself because I wanted to ask uh, Amy about Huma Abedin. Right. Because that's like, you were talking about people who Donald Trump surrounds himself with, and I yeah. went, boom, Huma Abedin. Well, especially because she was such a, so entrenched in the campaign and the process. Huma, I mean, she was the gatekeeper. Yeah. To, to oh my Hillary. God. Like, and here's the other one. I want to make sure we put some. I want to keep. Here's the story I want to keep going. I want to keep my little Collins McCain Murkowski thing going. Okay. And then I also want to keep this whole Debbie Wasserman Schultz and her wackadoodle IT guys. That's the one that people should be freaking out about. Yeah. That lady. How much money do those guys get? A lot. Like millions and yeah. millions. And, uh, woohoo. Yeah. I mean, well, and then Donna Brazil had a tough 2016, too. Donna Brazil, that's, that's... If I were a Democrat, I would be, I would be perturbed. I was talking to some Democratic friends in, in the green room earlier, and they were like, you know, it's kind of a good time to be a liberal other than the whole world is ending. And I'm like, yeah, because the media is talking about, like, all Trump all the time. You guys are totally able to avoid all of the shit that went down, excuse my friend, in no, your party. It's really wonderful. Like, like, they are totally able to be like, Donna who? Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, Russia, like, Russia, yeah. Russia. It's, it's, Pay no attention to Donna Brazil. Yeah, let's talk about the Russia collusion. Let's not talk about the CNN Donna Brazil collusion. Yes, like, and let's like, not talk let's about Let's not talk the, about Debbie Wasserman Schultz ignoring calls from the FBI saying, hey, people are trying to hack you. Like, yes. The, just the level of incompetence that occurred at the DNC. If I were a registered Democrat, I'd be like, hold up. How are we dealing with this? And what about the, what about the Hillary Clinton campaign Ukraine collusion? Yeah. Like, hardcore, what was that reporter's name? Or she was a member of the Clinton campaign, Gordita or something. It was like a, seriously, it was like a Taco Bell menu name. And uh, It she actually like, sounds like a blacklist villain. Like, a, <laughs> like I remember the first time no, I heard Jake but, Tapper say, and I was like, oh, that sounds like episode three of the blacklist. Like, repeatedly meeting yeah. with, like, the heads of, like, yeah. Ukraine, and they're like, we'll get Which, this, we we'll get some if dirt there. Gonna, I had the a lot Kush of fun. Sorry, but the Kushner, like, Don Jr., like, oh, dear Lord. Well, what do you, what has it that you worried I about that? I, I'm not worried. I just think that if we're going to say Hillary Clinton hired John Podesta and knew he was evil and that he was anti-Christian and all these things and had all these awful things in his email, then we need to have some consistency that if we think that she knew that what, what Podesta was up to and what her team was up to, then we also need to think that hmm, Donald Trump probably knew what his people were up to. Yeah. Especially with Paul Manafort, who did have a history of working with shady characters, including in the Ukraine that were pro-Russia, that had massive campaign experience. Oh, yeah. I, but I think it's yeah, way Manafort overblown. Yeah, Manafort was a lobbyist for those they guys, and me. he <laughs> had to go. But I think, I think that the whole Russia thing, it's like, let's focus on 
let's take things day by day. Let's talk about healthcare. Let's talk about infrastructure. Let's talk about tax reform. Yes, I and, want to talk about all that. of that. No. Yeah. But I guess a bunch of uh, U.S. Uh, diplomats got kicked out of Russia today. Yes. I think Putin kicked out. It's too funny. Like, we influenced their election to the point where we literally had it on the cover of magazines. Here's how we got Boris Yeltsin did it. We did it, you guys. We did it. It's on the cover of Time magazine. And they're like, Russia stole some emails. Sanctions! Get them, get them, get them! So, now Putin's mad. It's all wonderful. I think uh, tax reform hopefully will, will come through. And I, think and I have so much faith in the American people. And I've always like, just get government out of the way. Our economy will just blossom and go like gangbusters. Just get government out of the way. I don't, I could, you know, be eating crow in a couple of years, but I think that tax reform for the GOP midterm elections is going to be more important for a lot of people's reelections than Obamacare. I haven't, I don't have a best-selling book uh, on the New York Times list. And I don't have, but I will tell you this, whatever they propose, it's going to be worse than Hitler. And it's always going to, and, and all it's going to do is help out the it's rich gonna kill and, old and people. hurt. It's yeah. going to kill old people. Yeah. It's going to end <laughs> Medicare. It's going to ruin Social Security. Uh, it's going to be like Nazi Germany. And it's only going to benefit the rich, no matter what they do. They could go, it's free lemonade for everybody. Well, let's think about how this only benefits the rich. Okay, it was a wonderful show. Thank you so much. Always fun. It is always fun. And we're going to do this again before next year. Okay, promise? I absolutely promise. Right. And I'm not going to be the one who cleans out that tub. <laughs> There's a there liner. There you go. There's a liner. I'm sure there it's is. It's like a shower cap. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much. The Loftus Party, theloftusparty.com. You people are wonderful. You're all beautiful. I think you've lost weight.